0: Thanks, babes. I, I really, really don't like. I mean, I've done all my life. I've done three surfs, Sunday morning services, and I'm. I've got to the point I don't like these because I can't do what we did. That was then. This is now. you, you ready for this message? Um, we do this. It's. It's. But. Uh, not only are they friends, but uh, six years ago when I walked into this new assignment, uh, Mark, you gave me a word that's been with me every day of these six years. Thank you. Thank you for your friendship, your leadership. Um, I don't know when this assignment is going to be over, my assignment as superintendent, but I think my last act of superintendent is going to be removing Mark and Janie as pastors. So we could come in here and, and, and be, we love, we love Grace Church. We love this area. We love, love all of you guys. Just kidding. Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> new seasons demand new anointings. In Ecclesiastes chapter three, we read that amazing thing. For everything, there is a time and a, you know, I have six grandkids, all of us grandpeople parents think we have the best grandkids in the world. We don't, but we want to talk about it. And, uh, but there are just times that the, the best of the grandkids do things that we as grandparents wonder, what's with our kids? Why aren't they raising them the way we raised you? And then I got watching that it's amazing how cute it is for a little one to do something. We have basically 12, 10, 8, 4, 2 newborns. And as they go through these seasons, they change, and what was cute as a 2-year-old is not so cute as a 12-year-old, and it's not even cool at a 22-year-old, and when the adults do it, it's absolutely obnoxious. Why? Because different seasons demand new anointings, new growth, new patterns. And we are so thankful for where Grace Church has come and where you are, but I'm here to tell you, you have not arrived. You have not come to the point where we stand before God and he says, well done, all's good, just relax and coast till the end comes. What he would say is, well done, you really started well, you're moving through the beginning, but there's so much more. And we believe that. It's not just sermons. It's not just preacher talk. We believe that the greater days have to be ahead of us, not behind us. Our dreams have to be bigger than our memories because God still wants to do something. I've, you know, I've not lived the, the entire time of the creation, but all I know that in my spirit, we have to be in one of the most unique times that the world has ever experienced. There's negativity, there's frustrations, there's anger everywhere, even in the church. I I make the mistake of just opening up to see if there was a, a note and it's not. And it's the negativity of both sides of all parts. And we have to come back that God wants us to be the voice of love and a voice of grace. Here's my opening thought for you. Most breakthroughs, most miraculous events are not a result of an act of God, this instantaneous miracle, though he does that. But rather, breakthroughs usually come through our repeated acts of obedience. That precept upon precept, step upon step, I move in the direction so that I get to the point where God has me and says, Now I'm ready to do something for you. God was ready to do something. We're going to go to Joshua 1, my favorite book, which you're in the midst of in this whole now is the time and, and the season. He was ready to do something in the life of Joshua and the, and the people of Israel, just like I believe he's ready to do something new in the life of our pastors and this church. He's going to give them, say give, they're not going to earn it, it's going to be a gift, He's going to give them the territory that he promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I want you to catch that. Joshua is about to enter into the promise of four generations before. That means that what we do today will affect our great-grandkids. The Grace Church has the opportunity not only to do something in this season, but to set the stage for the next seasons that are yet to come because God has a way of connecting generations through promises and miracles. In one sense... The territory that God is, 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 that the people are about to go into, God had already given them that land. And in the other sense, it's a land that needs to be taken. What we understand here are two things God's timing and our actions. That miracles occur when God says, now's the time, and the people respond to that which God is calling them to. God has done a lot of great things because the people, I love that, that, that fellowship. And yet I also believe that there are many churches missing out today because God's time has come and the people aren't ready to move. As we've traveled across this state, as I travel across the nation and the opportunities that God has given me, it's amazing to me how many churches like Grace Church are ready to move forward and yet how many more are stuck in the past. They're stuck in the past because they have become familiar and and, and, and comfortable in what they have known, and they're not quite ready to let go to move into what God has in store for them. We all want new territory, new blessing, new anointing, new vision, a new promotion, but most of the times, we're not ready to do the change that is required to get there. Say with me, change is required. Change is required. That's what I talk about with my grandkids. As they get older, things begin to change. Our oldest now has responsibilities that the youngest does not have. Why? Because change brings on greater responsibility, greater opportunities, and we begin to see that. It is a proven scientific fact that change is the most feared thing we encounter. We resist it with almost every fiber. I'm a, I'm a unique person. In my, in my calling, my role, my assignment, I love initiating change. I love coming in and saying, I've heard from God. Do you agree? Yeah. that Here's what we're going to do when we change. It's fun to lead change. It's not so much fun to be caused to change. Uh, let me say it this way, that, that at home, I want everything to be normal one of my great nightmares is that that in the middle of the night when Susie can't sleep and that's a lot of times when she gets up and she does a lot of things she's going to rearrange the furniture and i'm going to wake up in the middle of the night when it's still dark and i'm going to break my toe hitting a piece of furniture that she moved i come home and all over the counter is is stuff and i said what are you doing i know what she's doing but i still ask the, the question what are you doing i'm cooking dinner what are you cooking and she says i don't know let's see what happens i don't want that meal I want what I want. I want the meat and potatoes. I, I like I have five meals that I could eat all of my life. Lasagna is one of those. We had the last this this whole idea I like going into a restaurant. Hey Mr. Ross, do you want number one or number two? I don't want a lot of choices. I I, I I don't like the big menus i want a few things why because we're all finding the comfort zone and yet god is saying to the church and he's saying to grace community it's impossible to get from where we are to where we're going without a transition and all transitions demand change When we as Christians begin to counter transition, when things begin to get shaky and unfamiliar, we need to realize that God is taking us somewhere. That God has a plan. He knows where he's going. He is simply repositioning us so we can take advantage of what he has in store. God wants to strategically position Grace Church so that you will be able to access things that you can never get in the place you are now. For over 13 years, I've come to Grace Church. I've come and spoken. I've come and shared. I've come and visited. We've shared in retreats. and I have watched over these years God strategically moving you down this path. To this point of time, to have a place of significance in this city, this county, this state, and this nation. And as I have watched the changes that you have endured, if I have watched the changes you have embraced, as I watch watched Grace Church move from where you are to where you are, where you were to where you are, I have seen with my own eyes and felt in my own spirit that God is about to do something, but it won't be because of what you have done. It's going to be because of what you are willing to do. That there is a brand new sense of anointing that only comes. Listen, why would God give me an anointing for something I'm not gonna use? I, I, I've seen churches, and I, one of my old little statements, Mark. We, we talked about this. Why would He give you new people if you can't even take care of the ones you have? Why would He give you new facilities when you don't even cut the grass outside of the one you see? God wants us to move forward in faith and in victory and faithfulness. And the more we are faithful, the more He pours out upon us. It's a principle that always comes in the measure in which we give. You know why I believe it's about to be a brand new outpouring? Because the giving nature of community church and your pastors, Grace Church, the power of the principle of generosity. See, here's how we want to live In the measure in which I need, he will give. How many want that? It's not biblical. In the measure in which I want, he will give. That sounds good, but it's not biblical. In the measure in which we give, in direct proportion to giving comes the anointing of receiving. Dead Sea and Sea of Galilee, identical little places in the same part of the country in Israel. There's only one difference between the Dead Sea and the Sea of Galilee. One main difference. The Sea of Galilee has outlets. The Dead Sea holds it all and it dies. The more you hold on to something, the more you kill it. The more you open your hand and give it away, the more he flows through you. It's the channel that God is about to do something so special in Grace Church. I want to read two verses. You've heard them, they're part of our, our the whole weekend assignment here as, as we move forward. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. After the death of Moses, say death. What does the word death mean? Done. <laughs> Final. He was done. So Moses is now dead, done, gone. So there's a void, right? So now in that void, God says, Moses, my servant, is dead, verse 2. Now then you and all these people get ready. There's only one reason for me to say, for God to say to those people, for me to say to you, get ready, and that's because you're not ready. We want to be, we say we are, but we haven't really gotten our spirits, our abilities, our buildings, our, 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 our whole understanding ready for what God wants to do. All of us, I believe, have a good heart and we say, Lord, I'm ready for whatever you have. And then I think like God is going to say, then, then begin to move already. There's an idea today that actions produces actions. It, it's a law of inertia. It takes more energy to start this thing than it does to keep it. Unless I'm on a, on a t- piece of tape. <laughs> it takes. There it is. There we come back to where I'm supposed to be. It takes more. Say more energy to get going than it does to keep going. I've said it for years. I I like churches that change even if it's the wrong change because once you're in the midst of change, God can direct us where he wants to go. Somewhere along the line, you just got to get up and do something. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. Say with me, I am ready to take new territory. Think about it. I am ready. Are you? Because that means change. To take. There's a giving. God's anointing blessing. But there's also an act of taking. Take hold. Take authority. For new territory. Now, friends, if you want to stay where you are in your life, in your family, in your own spiritual life, you you don't need this. But if you're ready to go forward, if you're ready to begin to see something you've never seen before, we have to do this. Israel wandered for forty years. Think about that—forty wasted years, all because they were not ready to say yes to change. Oh, there were giants in the land. We get it. But, friends, there's always been giants. There's always been obstacles. There's always mountains. There's always something that hinders us from moving forward. But those of us who believe God has said to move, we're ready to move, and God is wanting to take Grace Church again. Here we go. Three thoughts, maybe four. When it comes to the changes necessary to take new territory, say new territory, we we need to remember, number one, that God has a plan. I like that what we just read in verses 1 and 2. God says, Moses is dead, and I'm not lost. Joshua, I have a plan for you and all these people. A plan. A God-directed idea of where we're about to go. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Before I was formed in my mother's womb. I like to say it this way. It's the Ross International version, the RIV. It's catching on. It'll be in the bookstores soon. Before I was a twinkle in my daddy's eye. I wonder what that first meeting between my mom and dad was like. I don't know. I wasn't there. But I know what the first glimpse of Susan was like. And in that moment, I saw her, 25 years of age, had been out and doing ministry, and I knew That's for me. Wow. Before that ever happened, before my mom ever met my dad, before my grandma ever met my grandpa, how far back do you want me to go? God had a plan for Rick Ross. God had a plan for you. He has a plan for every one of us. Before Grace Church ever started, he knew that we would be here at this time in this season ready to enter a brand new opportunity to see what God wants to do. It must understand God has a plan. Do you realize that God has never had an aha moment? How many of you struggled with something in school like geometry? and it just didn't make sense and you tried and you got help and you had tutoring until finally one day the light went on and we say oh now i get it. he's never had that moment you know that god's never said wow i never thought of that <laughs> catch that i mean What is normal for you and me, he knows it all. He's created it before it ever happens. He knows it. He doesn't cause us to do it, but he understands it. He sees it. God is this great God who's always had a plan, and it always works when we agree to partner with him. It's very clear that God always doesn't get his way. Every d- dem- democracy, every election has not gone the way God wants it. Here's one quick example. All the people around Israel had kings and they wanted a king. You say, hey, give us a king. You don't really, God said, you know, you don't want a king. Trust me, they're idiots. You don't want a king. They're going to take your kids, they're going to put them in service, they're going to make, you don't want a Yes, we do. Everybody else has a king. And we want a king. So he gives them a king and they regret it. Why? Because we sometimes get into our ideas of what is going to be best and we forget that God knows all. Here's a simple thought. God is God. We are not. Get over it. One of these days we're going to understand that whole principle. I mean, growing up, we were trying to help this. So so back in the days before I knew any better, I'd say things like this. We had the two kids, and Susan and I are going, and they're always wanting to know something else. I said, Let's, we're going to be a democracy, in, our, in the Ross family, we're a democracy. Derek, you have a vote. Carissa, you have a vote. Susan, you have three votes. Her vote outweighed their votes. And I have six votes. I outweigh all of you guys. So, so we had this pretty understanding of this democracy, uh, uh, and, and we get to understand that what we really do need to know is God has a plan. How many believe that? for your life, for your family, for this church. Do you believe that? I do. I believe with all of my heart that he already has it figured out, and it's the best possible. The problem is I'm not always ready to submit to it. And today God is saying, getting ready for new territory, we the people, Joshua and all the people, get ready, because I'm about to do something that's literally going to blow your minds. But it's going to be so different, you're going to have a hard time grasping it. And for 40 years, the people missed it because they weren't ready to say yes at that time. God doesn't need us to understand every step of the journey. He simply needs us to trust him as we take the next step. Have you ever prayed like I have, Lord, if you would just reveal my future. And if we're really listening, he'll say this, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> my favorite line of my old movies, the truth, you want the truth. you can't." It is so big and so powerful that he says, I'm just going to help you take the next step. The Bible speaks of God's word, which represents God's guidance, as a lamp unto our feet, a light for our path. I didn't bring my cell phone up, but have you ever been in a dark place and you had your cell phone and you put the flashlight on? It's pretty cool, but you don't see everything. But it's enough to get you the light switch that you can now flip on and have the revelation of what's in the room. I think God has given us the flashlight. But the fullness of the picture is in his hands. Today he's wanting us to take the next step. Second thing I want you to see here is when it comes to the changes necessary to take new territory, say new territory, we must remember that God not only has a plan, but he has a promise. I love this, verses 3, 4, and 5. I will give you, say give, every place you set your foot, as I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert, uh, physical, geographical, there's also spiritual, but the physical desert to Lebanon, the great river the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, all the way down to the, what he's saying is I will give you in North Carolina from the mountains to the ocean, I'll give you it all. As I was with Moses, connecting with the former generation, so I be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Navigating a new season without God is frightening. Living in this world today, you need to remember this. You need to understand this. Living in the world that we live in is very frightening, and that's why the people are going crazy, because they have no sense of stability. They have no idea of the real future, and all they're doing is responding to the immediate crisis, and that is difficult for anybody. But taking this life as an adventure with God is nothing more than an exciting trip. We love Branson. We've been going there for years We decided to rent a house, and all the family comes, Derek's and his family, Chris and her family, and all of us are there, and and we got the grandkids there, and we buy them silver season tickets to Silver Dollar City, and uh, we take them, and and, and we have, again, at that, we had the six, but the ones, the baby, or the, hadn't come yet, we had this this group, and Lincoln, the only boy up until that time of, of the grandkids, is eight years old, and he's a big talker, just like his daddy, and his Poppy. And so, so he's talking about how big he is and he can do anything. And his, his sister below him, who's the same size as him, is, the, is our ninja. She tries everything. And and we get to the park. And he said, but Poppy, I'm not riding that roller coaster. Okay. You're not going to go on the big roller coaster. I get it. I, I understand. No, I'm not going to push you. You can trust me, Poppy's grandpa. Say that. So we get into this and we go a little bit. And I see the roller coaster that I Think I remembered as the easy one. So I said, Lincoln, you can ride with me. No, 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 this is is not the big one. That's over there. This is one that I've been on. You can trust me. Okay, Poppy. Within seconds, I realized I had the wrong roller coaster in mind, and we were on the big one, and he screams, Poppy, you lied to me. And it was rough. It was rough. And he's bad. He gets off, his mother didn't come. And, Poppy lied, it was rough. It took me all day to get him to trust me for the next ride. God never lies, but isn't it time that we feel like we've been sold a bill of goods? That this life was supposed to be easy. This life was supposed to be good. And we thought that when I accepted Christ as my Savior, all my problems would go away. And no one told us that the problems don't go away. They get bigger. But we have someone in our court, someone in our land who can help us, take us, and take us through this. That he will always be there. He'll never <laughs> forsake us. That's the power of this partnership. <clears throat> the promise that God is with us. I need some help. Yes, sir. Your name? Jamie, come right to the middle. I pick you because your head looks like pastor's head, so you just face the people. There you go. So now, Jamie, in the seriousness of this moment, this is the altar place. The Bible refers to the altar as the place of sacrifice, the place where God meets with his people. Now we have the Holy Spirit. They didn't in the Old Testament, so they would go into, and sometimes even the Holy of Holies would only be once a year and only the high priest. It's a very important part. Not only is that, but it's right below the, the pulpit where pastor's spit comes as he's preaching. So you have all of that shining all on you. So you're anointed and you're blessed. And what I want to do is show an example uh, of what I'm talking about, this promise. The Bible says that God said to Joshua and for all the people, every step you take, I will give you. Now, we're talking about new territory. We're talking about the physical territory of Hickory, the counties, the state, Cherokee, the world. Your impact. And he says, "Every place you set your feet, a new territory, I'm going to give you. Remember, I'm going to always be with you. So wherever you go, I will give it to you because you can trust me, right? How many believe, Jamie? You're ready to take on that new anointing? How many are ready for him to represent you and take that anointing? Thanks, thanks, Jamie. So God says, every new step, every new place you go, Jamie, come back. You failed." How many know what he just did? You guys, you were in the first service. How many many know what he did? What did he do? He went right back to the same spot the same way he came up here. Isn't that what all of us do in spiritual life? God comes, we hear the message from the pastor, we have a new anointing, we have new season, and we're going to go take the world, but we tend to go right back to the same place. Have you ever gotten someplace and you walk yourself and you say, how did I get here? I don't even remember driving. Because we're so used to roteness. We're so used to the same things that we've always done. And God is saying, Grace Church, I don't want you to go the same way. I don't want you to act the same way. I'm about to help you. Now, help us. This is spiritual. He's going to give you this this auditorium represents this community. Every new step you take going home. Back to your seat. Every new place represents the new territory that God's going to give Grace Church. It all depends on you. You ready? Head on back. Watch them. Watch them. There you go. Come on. I love it. Come on. Come on. Now you're understanding. Now you're understanding. No, keep on going. I'm not going to give you in the boat. All the way back. All the way back. All... The... I'm messing up the cameras. To get what you've never had, you have to do what you've never done. If you always do what you've always done, you only get what you've always got. How many want something new? How many want something new? You got it, yeah. husbands. Don't put your hands up on this one. Trust me. Don't respond. Sit still. Just with the eye. Just kind of yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. How many of you guys want a new, better wife? Don't, don't don't raise your hands. Don't. You know the best way to get a new better wife is to be a new better husband. Wow, because in the measure in which I give, she was. <laughs> I receive. How many of you want more Holy Ghost filled teenagers? I do. I do. I got. It. Then we have to be better Holy Ghost parents. Do you know why grandparents and grandkids get along so well? We have a same common enemy. The kids or their parents. New territory, Jamie. For all of us. I encourage you start with the simple things. Rather than driving the same way to work, to school, to church. Take a different route. And as you go on a different route, you begin to pray, Lord, give us this territory for the kingdom's sake through Grace Church. What if we begin to act like God's about to do something new and fresh so that he is free to come and do what he wants to do? God has a promise. Wherever we go, he's going to be there with us. The promises of God are, brings us peace today and assurances of blessings tomorrow. Number three, when it comes to the changes necessary to take new territory, say new territory. We need to remember, number three, that God not only has a plan, not only has a promise, but God has the power. This is my favorite part of this passage. Verse six, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey a few of the laws that my servant, oh, watch a second, be careful to obey what? Don't we live, though, like we would just as soon have a choice of eight of the Ten Commandments? I, I can handle eight. I can't do ten. The blessing comes when you go all in. It's not a message on giving and tithing is way beyond. It's before the law, during the law, after the law. It's, it's the, the principle of tithing is the principle of generosity that says when I give first, it's a proof of my trust in what's going on. Giving the leftover is no big deal. I mean, it's good, but it was leftover. To begin to stretch yourself in every area of our being. I get it. There there are those of us who were born with this extrovert personality, and, and it's easy. I talk to anybody everywhere, even when Susan is begging me to be quiet. And for the introverts, it's harder. He doesn't want the introverts to be extroverts and the extroverts to become. A, he simply wants you to become the best person he created you to be. Be yourself. Be the best you. Be the best anointed God blessed you that you can be. The power. Be strong and very correct. Obey all the law. Keep this book always on your lips. Meditate it on day and night so that you may be careful to do. Verse 8 is a simple three point sermon read the word, think the word, do the word. Isn't that amazing? In the New Testament, it says like this. As a person thinks in their heart, so are they. What we think, we begin to believe. What we believe, we begin to do. So begin to take God's word. Ask the questions. How does this apply to me? What is it for me? We begin to put these things into place. Have I not commanded you, verse 9, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Don't even be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I absolutely love being here. I love the generosity, and so it's contagious. So uh, I'm ready to do something. Susan, trust me. <laughs> okay. She knows better, but okay. How many like me have a house mortgage? Put your hands up. You have it. It's okay. I do. How many would love for it to be paid off tomorrow morning? If you want me to pay off your mortgage, stand right where you are. If you're going to stand. If you want me to pay off your mortgage, stand. Plan, promise, power. Now, if you have one and you're not standing, God bless you and you're in your debt. How many would meet me at Charlotte Wells Fargo where I have an account tomorrow morning at nine o'clock? You drive down to meet me at nine o'clock. Okay, if you don't want to drive, sit down. But if you're ready to have it, stand up. Don't quit so so easily, sir. Come on, it's. How many would drive to Columbus, Ohio, to meet me at my home? original, way back when, not now, and, and, and meet me at Wells Fargo. Tomorrow morning, I, you have to drive all night long. How many of you would drive all night long to meet me so I could pay off your mortgage? Now, I'm going to tell you something. I want to do it. Everything within my being wants to pay off your mortgage. There's only one problem. I do not have the power or the resources to do so. I want to. You with me? Thank you. You may be seated. Here's what I've learned. Hey, have you ever stayed up late, you can't sleep, or you're just a late night owl and, and, and one of those infomercials come on, and, and for $19.99 and three easy payments, you can have this life changing piece of equipment. But wait, there's more. Tonight and only tonight, we we'll give you the second one, and all it costs you is the extra shipping charge. Have you ever heard those? Don't raise your hand, but has anybody like me done it once? I did it once. And I realized I bought a bill of goods. I knew it was too good to be true, but I did it. And so two weeks later, because at the end of that is a money back guarantee. So I go to call the number, and it's been disconnected. Because it was a sham. And here's what I learned. A guarantee... Is only good as the guarantor. I can promise you a lot of things, even with a good heart, but if I don't have the power to do it, it's not real. I assure you today, whatever Jesus says, He not only has the heart, But he has the power to do everything. He said he will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Every step we go, even in the fiery furnace, he will be with us. How many stories do we have to have from Old Testament the heroes of the faith to the heroes of the faith in our own lives? And I was thinking about those who are heroes of my, my mentors, those who inspired me, my dad preaching in a little dinky church who, who showed me, though not everything is going to go the way we want to, if you stay consistent and faithful, he will bless. I'm wondering today how many of us are ready to move into the next step if we just don't stop in the middle. Yea, though I walk through the valley. Did you catch the key word there? Through. Don't stop in the middle. New Testament. Jesus with the disciples. Miracles were happening. Crowds were everywhere. And he says, we need to get away for a moment. We're going to get in this boat and we're going to go to the other side. Say other side. So they get in the boat. They go to the other side. Jesus is so weary. shows his humanness. He goes to the bow. He falls asleep. He's dead asleep. And and the storms come in the middle of the boat and the disciples wake him up and said, don't you care? We're about to die. Isn't that the way we all respond when the difficulties of life come? Remember John 10, 10, the devil's out to steal, kill and destroy. He's doing everything he can to get you our minds. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life in that life to the full. More than, more than you need. And in the middle of the storm, they wake Jesus up and Jesus rebukes the wind and calms the sea. It's very important. We tend to rebuke the sea when the sea was simply responding to the demonic forces of the wind. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Your enemy is not your spouse, not your kids, not your pastor, not fellow church members. Your enemy is Satan himself seeking whom he may devour. And when you and I begin to curse the darkness, the demonic forces, and we bless people, things begin to happen. God has the power to do everything we need him to do. The presence of God is available to us in every circumstances, not because he will come when we call, but because he's always there. Uh, I, I'm Pentecostal. I've been in this thing all my life. I'm fourth-generation Pentecostal preacher, and, and I've said it. We've all said it, but it's just, it's so dumb. God has this amazing time. We're in service, and he, and he comes, and he anoints us, and we start talking to somebody afterwards. You should have been there. God showed up. Did you ever say that, Pastor? I have. Don't say it again. Here's why. If he showed up, Where was he before? Oh, he was down the street at the Baptist church. I mean, it's like he can only pick one church. Is that today or day? No, it's not. Well, let's just go through. Friends, he never leaves us. Him never forsake. Wherever you are, he's there. Even when you're in the wrong spot, he's there because he cares about you. He wants to help us, and he wants to move us to the next step as we see what God has in store. Musicians, come and get ready. When it comes to the changes necessary to take new territory, or say new territory. We must remember four, that God has a people. I almost missed this in my study, and I had the three. It was powerful. and I, I love plan, promise, and power. And, but then I went back, and I, I, I read verse 2. It's been on your screen for this whole weekend. Moses, my servant, is dead. That, that piece has ended Now then, you and all these people, get ready. Pastor, if you want to go fast, go alone. You can, Janie will slow you down. The kids will slow you down. The grandkids really slow you down. People will slow you down. But he didn't call you to go fast. He calls you to lead and all the people. It's the partnership. It's it's what we understand in the assemblies of, of not dictatorial leadership nor board control, but partnership of leadership that says we can hear from God. The pastor can get the vision. He can share it. We can buy in and we can say, thus saith the Lord. We believe he's leading in this direction and we begin to follow. Susan said it earlier. I believe more than anything else, we don't need any more books on leadership. We need more books on followership. Anointed fellowship is just as important as anointed leadership. I'm absolutely convinced that the churches that God enabled us and blessed us to lead saw great things, not because we were great, but because the people said yes. We proved it through seasons, through difficulties, faithfulness upon faithfulness, and God's blessing begins to follow. I'm here to tell you Grace Church so much more is in store if the leadership continues to hear from God and the people continue to say yes Lord we'll follow. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for a few moments. I have three questions. For this first one I don't need any help. No one looking around, no no partners. I'm only having my eyes open to be God's hand extended to connect with you. And I feel with all my heart that there's someone, some, a few in this room whose hearts are not right with God. You've been a believer and you've let so many things hinder you that you've given up. You've never really accepted Christ. And you know that for you to move into this new territory, new season, new anointing, the first step is getting your heart right with God. And if you're here and you're not ready to meet God as your maker, and when the end of, and and you just know, if you're here, just raise your hand and say, Rick, will you remember me in prayer? Today, I want to make Jesus Christ my Savior. Yes, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. All over this church, Jesus must be Savior before we can make Him Lord. We have to invite Him in to save us before we can turn our lives over to Him for Him to create within us. Yes, ma'am, I see that. Yes, ma'am. So today, today, I want to make it very clear. You're not right with God. Should you stand before the throne, you would only hear, I do not know you. I don't have a relationship with you. And we now, from a time of saying, Jesus, forgive me, we can move into a place when we stand before Him, He'll say, well done, good and faithful friend. Friend, fellow my, my family come on into the gates of hell those of you that believe that no one else but those of you that raise your hand look at me right now the conclusion of this service pastor mark's going to come and give you an opportunity i'm asking you what you're doing now is life changing you're changed right where you are in that seat you don't need to do anything else if you just simply say jesus forgive me he forgives you but something happens when we take a step And when you talk to someone it begins to solidify it i've learned all my life that when i make a promise with god if i can share it with susan or somebody all of a sudden some strength there's something that happens a three three corded uh, a three-strand cord is not easily broken and you'll have that the second question i have with every head now bowed jesus is your savior but you haven't moved into the lordship you you still say no to him because it's just not comfortable And though you'll go to heaven and all that good stuff, you can't fully enjoy life on earth, the kingdom of God here, until you make him Lord. And just by raising your hand, you say, Rick, I want to go from Savior and I want to make him Lord, which means I'm ready to say yes to everything he has. If that's you, just raise your hand and say, yes, I want him to be Lord. Thank you. All over this place. Thank you. It's a great step. It's a great step. I've had to do it myself. I still do it periodically or reminding I can't just say yes to what I want. I have to say yes to everything he says. Now, with every head raised and every eye open, all of you look in this direction. My third question. If the Bible is true, how many believe that? And it says, Joshua, you and all these people, that means you're important, right? If you're ready to make a declaration to say to pastor, to the spiritual leaders of this church, to the, the entire group, and to one another, we're ready to take new territory. Stand with me as the worship team comes to lead us. Pastor Mark will be back. If you're set to say, yes, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready to move. Then stand with us as we worship God for this last time.
1: amen and the church said amen be it unto me according to your word amen amen give pastor rick and susan just a hand of appreciation what a, a great word rick thank you so much two things very quickly one one of my favorite scripture in joshua is the 14th chapter when joshua looks at hebron and says that's my mountain he says i'm 85 years old yet i'm still as young and strong as i was when that mountain was promised to me i've always been twisted on that scripture just a little bit how can an 85 year old man be as strong and young as he was when he was 40. let me tell you this what the lord showed me just while we were worshiping and while rick was preaching sometimes god will preserve you while he's performing the promise and that's what God was doing to Caleb. He was perform- see. We have a ch- we have a way sometimes of getting ahead of God rather than waiting on God in our obedience, like Rick said. And we are going to take new territory. We are going to take new land. We just have to be careful that we don't do it in our time, but we do it in God's time. And sometimes we say, "Well, if I don't do it now, it'll never get done." That's that's not God-like thinking. And Caleb was being preserved by God while he was waiting to take. The promise wasn't. So someone is deterring you from taking your promise. You keep waiting on God because God's going to preserve you while he's performing the promise for you. So if you're here today and you you gave your heart to the lord for the first time come see me after service we want to give you a bible we want to give you some next steps idea. we want to get you in the bible study and i'm so thankful for people who are willing to be let their lives be transformed by the power of the holy spirit the love of jesus christ so God bless you. Let's pray uh, and and thank you for coming out. Thank you guys for coming out. Just an incredible word. Thank you, worship team, for uh, your your weekend of service. Father, we love you. We bless you. We thank you for the the great folks here, the people watching and listening online. Pray continue to fill them full of your love and power and grace. Bless Rick and Susan as they travel yet again this afternoon to more places to share your good news. Bless them as leaders and uh, co-laborers in Christ bless our church, Grace Church let them be uh, the love of their community, their neighborhood, their workplaces, this week let them show you off Father and bring you glory honor, praise and thanksgiving. let this week be their best week yet, in Jesus name we pray and the church said with a shout of praise amen, give the Lord a shout, God bless you we love you, see you next week
2: thank you for joining us for today's service God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv slash give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.